Coach, how's it going? Good, man. How are you? Doing great. Coach, you want to give yourself a, uh, a brief introduction to the listeners? I can do that. Uh, I am Coach Trevor Dorsey, uh, the head basketball coach at Peninsula Catholic High School in Newport News, uh, Virginia. Okay. Now, you grew up in Huntington, West Virginia. What was that like growing up there? West Virginia. Uh, you know, I, I can honestly say um, – Growing up in, in Huntington shaped who I am. Um, I, I enjoyed it. I love everything about Huntington. That's always going to be home. Um, I think West Virginia, obviously, nationally gets hit with a lot of different stereotypes. I mean, until you visit, uh, you don't understand the, uh, the really good people, really hardworking people. Uh, and that's kind of, you know, I carry West Virginia with me um, pretty much in everything that I do. Okay. Yeah, you, know, you attended Huntington High School. What was your athletic career like? <laughs> athletic career, I, I so growing up, I dabbled in probably every sport uh, you could imagine. Um, I played baseball, basketball, golf. I I did some martial arts, but as as I got older, you know, middle school and high school, I stuck with baseball and basketball. I stopped playing baseball after the tenth grade. Um, Basketball, I stayed with uh, not only playing, uh, you know, high-level competition in high school, but also different summer rec leagues. It was different growing up. Um, you know, I was I graduated in 1999. I believe in the city of Huntington, they only had one, one or two AAU teams, um, and you basically only played one or two tournaments. Um, you know, every spring, summer, and either you either qualified. I, I believe for the state tournament or then you're, you are done. It's not like now where there's a plethora of different programs. Um, basically you played your high school season. And then when your high school season was over, you either moved on to your next sport or you um, just kind of hung it up for the year. Okay. Now you went on to attend Marshall, obviously uh, staying in, t- in town. Was there any other schools in mind that you were considering? I know, you know, obviously you live in Newport News now, so kind of nowhere close to where you grew up. Right. Uh, you know, what was what was your college decision like? So I'll, I'll be honest. I applied to three schools. I applied to Marshall, Coastal Carolina, and North Carolina State. Uh, I got in all three, but I never had any hesitation. Um, I, I always wanted to go to Marshall. Um, I grew up, my family is a uh, huge Marshall University athletics supporters, and as a kid, you know, I uh, lived and died through Marshall sports, and I honestly never, you know, never had an eye really on anywhere else. Um, Coastal Carolina, you know, I got applied because it was it was close to uh, the beach, and North Carolina State, I had been there a couple times um, for football games when, when Marshall played and I thought that was a nice place, but no, not really. I, I knew I was going to go to Marshall. Um, and I, and I'm glad I made that choice. Now, not, not only for your bachelor's degree, you got a master's from there. Correct. You know, talk about any, uh, involvement you had with athletics during your time there. Right. So, you know, the, the first thing when I, when I came, uh, or when I, when I decided I was going to go to Marshall, I, I began my major in um, with journalism because I wanted to do broadcast journalism. I mean, I'd always wanted to be uh, on TV as a, as a sportscaster. Um, I wanted to work for the university radio station. 
Uh, and then I, I quickly discovered um, the time commitment for that not only was overwhelming to me as an, as an 18 year old, but I also did not have a uh, time to get a, a job that was going to put money in my pocket that was going to enable me to live. So I ended up changing my major from journalism to sports management and marketing. And, and I really ended up benefiting from that because that allowed me to uh, in my undergraduate days, do an internship, uh, do a, a practicum and then an internship with, um, the athletic department, they gave, uh, I believe my sports in undergrad was women's basketball and men's soccer. Um, and basically you were tasked with doing whatever the, the coaching staff needed you to do at that time, uh, as an undergrad. And I, I did a, apparently did a, a good enough job with that, that when I came time to apply for grad school, I was offered a graduate assistant, uh, position, um, with the uh, marketing department, the athletic marketing department, which uh, allowed me to be around every every sport that Marshall um, the Marshall offered at that time. When did you realize that you want to be a coach? I always I always thought one of my biggest strengths was understanding uh, the game, and I was like that, you know. Basketball and baseball were my two main sports growing up. Um, and I always, I mean, I don't, didn't have the athletic ability of a lot of other um, kids, uh, but I always knew that I understood the game and I knew how much I watched, you know, games on TV. I would go to other games um, and I really paid attention to all that. Uh, my first time that I got an opportunity to coach, I was 19 years old and a freshman at, at Marshall and I was, um, approached by the head of a youth recreational league there in, in Huntington and asked if I wanted to take a team of seven and eight year olds. Of course I was, I was fired up and you know, yeah, uh, I'll definitely do it. And then you get there and you realize seven and eight year olds. I mean, it is, it is probably the toughest job I've ever had. And that was the very first one at 19 with seven and eight year olds. But um, I knew from that point on, I was, I was kind of hooked and I was always looking for the next opportunity. Now, I start up with also, so I'm guessing that during your your free time at college, you were diagramming and setting up your uh, rotation because you probably have to play guys a certain amount of playing time. You want to make sure your best guys were in the fourth period. Yeah, no, ab- absolutely. So the, the, the league rule back then was you had to play – every kid had to play a full quarter from beginning to end. So – you know, in in the in that youth league, particularly substitutions weren't a big deal. You just had to figure out how you're going to get all your kids to play, and still by the fourth quarter have your best five in with a chance to 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 win the game. Um, I'll be honest with you, I wasn't ever too upset when we had one or two sick because it was an easier <laughs> easier job for the coach. But um, you know, and it was my thing then was yeah, I mean, you know, I I think the parents were more concerned with the winning and losing than the kids and even the coaches were at that time, you know, you want to make sure the kids were having fun and, and learning, um, learning a little something because you knew you had a few on there already that you knew were going to go on uh, and keep playing. And on the other end of that, you knew you had some kids that were out there probably because mom and dad just wanted them to be out there. So um, all in all, that was an enjoyable experience. Yeah. I always, uh, 
had the bad luck of the guys wouldn't miss the game. They would show up late, and I'd have to play them in the third. Right, period. right, right. Yeah. Now that that's uh, you know, that was always tough. Always, you know, you play your starters the first quarter. I tried to get as many in in the second quarter as I could, I think, and then maybe in the third quarter, I had one or two left that I was going to go ahead and and put in there uh, to get out of the way. But you know, it was it was it was a tough thing at, at times. You know, talk about getting your start as a high school coach. So when I moved, I moved to Virginia um, in 2008 uh, for a job, uh, a non a non coaching job, obviously. Um, and I was living in Virginia Beach, and I actually had um, some family in Suffolk, Virginia, um, that approached me and said, "Hey, you know, your cousin is is playing at this middle school when they need." they need an assistant coach. And if I set you up with the head coach, would you be interested? And, you know, I said, yeah, sure. You know, I'll, I'll check it out. Um, Cause b- back in West Virginia, before I left, I was doing, I'd done youth league. I'd done a high school league. I had done um, an AAU program called the river city Raptors. Uh, that was pretty, pretty successful uh, and helped out with them. And when I got here, you know, it was just kind of getting a connection. So I ended up talking to that middle school coach I ended up one year helping with um, girls basketball at the middle school level there. And then they, they asked me to be the head coach of the boys team. So I was head coach of the boys team for a couple of years. Um, and then the feeder high school of that middle school is Peninsula Catholic. And I approached the head coach at Peninsula Catholic at the time um, and just kind of asked his thoughts if he needed another assistant or even if he had room for an assistant. Um, and actually just the timing worked out. They, they did need someone. Um, so that, that's how it got started. That was seven years, 2014. Okay. Awesome. You know, I know that it's gotta be difficult when you take over when you're, when you're on staff and then you end up taking over when it, you know, the head coach let go talk about walking that that tight line of not bashing the previous head coach but obviously acknowledging that you know changes need to be made whether it's uh personnel or playing style and, and you know talking to players and their parents uh, about that stuff right and i mean so when when the, when i got there as an assistant, the year before I got there was that head coaches. It was uh, Coach Ricky Epps. It was his first year, um, and they had won only one game. And when I got there, you know, I'd, I'd seen video of the year before, and the that year coming in, we had I'd, had were unfortunately had more talent walking in the door. So the the thing was, I quickly understood, like in the league we play in. You better you better have talent. Um, you better have guys that are dedicated to basketball. Or you have no chance. Um, and Peninsula Catholic at the time wasn't known as a basketball school. So, you know, we were playing with just a lot of the kids that that normal Peninsula Catholic kids that didn't focus on an individual sport that just kind of came out to play. Um, so I was an assistant for three years. I think we won seven, seven, eight, and nine games respectively in those in those three years. Um, 
And it, it to me, the, the big difference was when, when I was offered the, the job, it was what can I do not only to keep the talent that we have, but, but bring in um, some more talent. Because, I mean, I, you know, and I don't know how familiar, David, I know you've seen uh, some of our games in the past. Uh, in our league, um, we're, we're go up against schools that, that maybe can offer kids um, a, a scholarship to come play basketball. You know, and they'll get each team may have one or two D1 kids already on their roster. Well, Peninsula Catholic's not going to offer a kid a scholarship um, for athletics. So basically, it's what can I do to sell the school, sell the program, um, make sure these kids know that when they come to Peninsula Catholic, not only are they going to get a fantastic educational experience that's going to guarantee them that they're going to go to college but they're also going to have a successful athletic experience and uh, be prepared to go to the next level if that's what they want to do. So it was, it was, you know, as far as trying to keep the kids there, that, that wasn't at the time, that wasn't a big issue. Most of the kids, in fact, I don't think we lost, we didn't lose anybody other than our graduating seniors. Um, and, And those are the kids that I took care of first, the ones we had there. But then I also knew that, Hey, you know, even even my first season, we we're gonna have to go out and get um, find a couple kids that are looking for a new opportunity, um, so we can compete. I mean, I guess to answer your question, I long winded there, but but the reality was, if we were gonna get to where we needed to go, uh, the talent level needed to increase um, first and foremost. I can understand. Um, you know, you try to recruit at your school like the college head coach would at the college level. Um, you know, even not working at school in a full-time capacity and, and working a regular nine-to-five, how are you able to devote so much time and energy into your program? <laughs> yeah, well, my, my, my wife asked the same question. No, it's, it's, it's because, I mean, I, I love it. I, I genuinely love it, and I love the kids. And, and that's the thing for me is – the biggest thing for me when I'm coaching these guys, it's about relationships and it's about trust. And, and if I'm going to give them everything I have, and if I give them everything I have, then I expect everything that they have in return and vice versa. If they're going to give everything to me, they want me, you know, to reciprocate that and, and to give them everything I have. And I think it kind of feeds off of one another. Um, you know, the answer is you just make time. Uh, there's things that we have to do um, this year, especially with with uh, COVID-19 um, has made things a little different. But in a normal year, you know, say we end the season in February, uh, you know, probably the, most of the kids end up with their AAU program March, April. But we are we are starting offseason individual workouts and team stuff probably in that April, May time frame. Um, and then, of course, I'm always out. Uh, at AAU tournaments watching and looking for kids. And, you know, our rule is this. I can't go approach a kid um, and and try and pull a kid from somewhere else. It, I have to be contacted first, be it by the player or the parent, and then I can go sell them on Peninsula Catholic and, and you know, set that process up. Um, I try to be very respectful of other programs and coaches, um, but but – in, in my my eyes, the only way that I'm going to be successful, it's basically like a, a D3 head coaching job. Like you just have to hit the pavement 
and go out and 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 try to find the the kids that will best fit your school and program. Okay. No, that's one of the many things I like about you. You know, you you follow the rules. You don't try to poach players from other teams or, uh, you know, just try to get kids from you know, three states away. To, right. You know, find a an apartment to live in. You, you really you have the talent around you guys. And I mean, it, it's just like the college level with the transfer portal. You got so many kids looking for new destinations every single year, sometimes mid-year, uh, that you're able to get contacted by those coaches because you've established yourself as, you know, a coach and as a program where people uh, don't just go, oh, who's Peninsula Catholic? They know who you guys yeah, are. Yeah, that was that was a that was a big challenge because when I took over, um, you know. For, for different reasons and for, you know, for years and years, PC's always been a fantastic academic school, um, and it has a great reputation with a few other sports. I mean, it's a volleyball powerhouse. Um, cross country and track are extremely successful. Uh, but basketball was not really on that, on that level that we, we needed to be. Um, so that, that was kind of my goal is, okay – the first year I was there, we won 12 games. The next year, we won 15 games. Last year, we won 18 games. This year, it's going to be a shortened season. But, again, I feel like we we are to a point where it's not like we're walking into games hoping to win. We're going into games expecting to win, and we feel like we can compete with, with anyone. Um, and that's kind of the mindset of the players. When I, when I took over, that mindset of the players was, gosh, I hope we don't get blown out tonight. Now it's, you know – we're going to walk in and, and we expect, we expect to walk out of there with the W and and I think it, you know, it's, it's a slow building thing. Cause a lot of times people say, Oh, well, maybe they only had one or two decent seasons. It, it'll fall off, but that's not, that's not the way we're working. I, I don't want one fantastic season and then we go backwards. Right. So to develop a program, we want to keep moving forward. Um, and in order to do that, you got to do the right things. Um, you got to have the right people in your staff and, and we're lucky to have a great administration at Peninsula Catholic that supports us and has really allowed us to get out there and, and build relationships with uh, parents and players in the community that maybe, maybe otherwise would not have been looking at Peninsula Catholic. Gotcha. You know, a, a number of high school coaches, both public and private school coaches, are not as helpful with the college recruitment of their players mm-hmm. as you are. Why do you think that guys like me would rather have you as the point of contact? Uh, for recruiting? Well, I mean, I, to me, that's a simple answer. A, a kid is with the high school coach and in the high school, you know, so many months a year. And if we're going to say September, August through June, they're in the high school and then they go to their AAU program, you know, three months out of the year. But I think I think a high school coach in particular um, can answer the questions that, that colleges really want to know. Uh, you know, a what what's the kid like off the court as far as what 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 is he in the building? Is he a leader with the other students? Is he a leader in the classroom? Uh, what are his study habits? You know, what 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 is what kind of family does he come from? Um, what does he like to do besides play basketball? I mean, the, the, those are questions that you really have to know the kid. Um, to be able to answer those questions. And I, and I tell my guys all the time, I'm not going to go to a college coach 
and sell them a whole lot of crap. I mean, I, you know, I'm going to come tell, I'm going to tell them the truth about the way you play the game. I'm going to tell them the truth about the way you are in the classroom and in the hallway. And I, you know, for the most part, we've always had really good kids at PC and kids that are willing to work hard. But the reality is not everyone is like that. I think sometimes, you know, coaches are in such a hurry. I'm going to sell my kids, sell my kids, sell my kid. And, and maybe they oversell them to somewhere where they're going to go and they're not going to be successful. You know, my, my job is to not only get them prepared for college, but make sure they're successful when they get to college. You know, you can throw kids in a college classroom that aren't really ready to be there. Um, and, and the same thing on the basketball court. You can you can tell a coach, oh, he's he's ready for you. Then he gets there and, you know, it's a whole different world. So, you know, I, I try and do the best I can for every kid that wants to play at the next level. And I try and find the right fit for them. Um whether that's a, a you know a D1, a D2, a D3, NAI, or a JUCO level thing, we've got kids now at the NAI level. We've got kids at the JUCO level. We've got kids at the Division three level. Uh, I've, we're to the point now where we have a couple Division one prospects on our team that I fully expect um, both 2022 kids that I fully expect to be at a scholar, both scholarship level players. Um, so, you know, we're, we're getting to that point where pretty much everyone that walks in, they all want to play college basketball. So there's, you know, I give them the sit down and I tell them there's a lot of things that you don't understand. It's not just your on-court talent that's going to get you there. Um, so I just feel like in general, a high school coach knows so much about the kid, about the kid, where the kid comes from and who the kid is. Um, I just, I feel really comfortable talking to uh, coaches at the collegiate level and knowing that I give them, the best information that I can. No, I would agree with that. What are your personal goals uh, for this season and for the next five years? Well, I try not to look, you know, be honest. I try not to look uh, ahead. Um, we, we right now, I, I love Peninsula Catholic. Um, I love the direction that we're headed. I love my staff uh, this year. You know, if this was a normal year, Coach, I would tell you, you know, we're getting over 20 wins. We're going to the state tournament, and I want to, I want to compete um, when we get to the state tournament. You know, I want to, I want to challenge um, everyone. And you know, in our division, uh, the Miller School, the Blue Blue Ridge guys like that are always going to be up there, and they're always loaded with talent. Um, you know, but that's who we want to come. That's who we want to go after. That's who we want to compete against. If this was a normal year, I would tell you that that's our thing. Now, COVID is everything's still up in the air right now. It looks like we're playing, definitely going to play a, a, a conference season and have some non-conference games. We do not know if there's going to be a, a VISA state tournament this year. Um, you know, hopefully we find that out relatively soon. I have, you know, I, I like to look on the positive side. I believe there is going to be one. I, I think most of the schools want to play uh, and they they want to play in a state tournament, but you know, you kind of, you got to play the cards you're dealt. If we're only playing for the conference and we're going to try and become TCIS champions, that's something that hadn't happened. Um, but it's like Catholic has not won the TCIS championship since 1997. So you're talking 23 seasons. Um, last year we, we made the conference tournament and we lost to Norfolk collegiate in that tournament. Norfolk collegiate went on to play in the state championship game, uh, and fell to Blue Ridge, um, and there's you know the really good basketball team, and our conference is loaded with good basketball teams. Cape Henry is going to be 
you know, stacked this year again. They've got pretty much everybody back, and they added a couple pieces. So they're definitely a team to beat. But our guys genuinely believe that we can get there and we can beat a team like that. Um, so right now, you know, just one one year at a time, kind of one day at a time, I love PC. Um, and if you ask me right now, I could see five years from now, you know, I could say I hope I'm still at Peninsula Catholic and we've got a perennial um, state tournament program. Okay. You know, this is kind of just a, again, you know, I hate coach talk, so I'm, I'm going to go ahead and ask you. You know, you're a white guy right. in the 757. Talk about not having that instant credibility with grassroots programs and decision makers of players, especially, you know, and you talked about uh, uh, negative connotation or stereotypes for West Virginia. You know, right. You that and, you know, they're going to see that, they, they, you know, a lot of people, you're, you're exactly right. They're going to look at a five foot nine white guy from West Virginia and they're probably going to think uh, this guy doesn't know what he's doing but you know and that's a lot of the chip on my shoulder man i I tell you first of all go to west virginia and watch the high school hoops they play there's a lot of good basketball and a lot of really tough kids um secondly i mean i i don't necessarily worry about that because to me if if a kid knows that you care about them and that you're going to do everything you can for them and that you show up every day and do the best job that you can and you give it everything you can they're going to start to trust you. And then they're going to start seeing results. I mean, you can't question results when, you know, this program was winning one game, seven games, seven games, eight games, have a losing record. Well, we've gone 12 games, 15 games, 18 games. We've beaten teams um, that, that the school had never beaten. I mean, last year we won at Walsingham Academy. That hadn't happened for 16 or 17 years. Um, We've gone and we've won our Christmas tournament the last two years. That hadn't happened, uh, you know, in, in several, several years. Um, and we're talking double-digit years. So when you start seeing, okay, the kids are trusting, they're getting kids in the school, and they're, they're winning ball games. And not only that, but we're sending kids to the next level. Um, you know, guys that know the game know that what, that what we're doing is working. Um, I don't have time for people that, you know – kind of question that okay you know we get into a uh, with basketball we get into the the race talk but you know again it's kind of irrelevant because there's a lot of great african-american coaches there's great white coaches um you know to me if you're doing everything you can for your kids and you're working as hard as you can be I, i don't care who you are you're doing a good job um and, and we really try and just sell the school and sell the fact that we're going to love on our kids and, and do the best we can for our kids. Okay. Wow, I, I love that. Talk about, you know, obviously we met because I was recruiting one of your kids, uh, you know, Titus Lawrence. Right. When I was recruiting Titus, you know, he had the LeBron mindset as far as recruiting guys that he wanted to be teammates with or, you know, especially at Catholic, that he knew I was recruiting and that would help us win. How important was it for building the foundation of, of your coaching era at Peninsula Catholic for him to have that kind of mindset as well? Well, it's – yeah, I mean, it's always always good to – you know, when you when you bring kids in, obviously Titus, Titus was very successful before he came to – Peninsula Catholic, and then he just built on that when he came to us and had two really good seasons 
um, you know, not only on the court, but in the classroom. He was a model student. But when we when we talk about basketball, you do want to you do want to use your guys and have your guys tell you, hey, coach, I know player A, B and C that would be great fits here. And not only not only would they help us win, um, you know, they'd be good students. They're, they're kids that do the right thing every day. Um, and, and I did, you know, Titus, we brought in Malachi Banks um, the next year and Malachi and Titus had played together at, at Summit and Titus or Malachi was not only a, you know, a really good basketball player. He's at Allen University now, but another kid that did everything right in the classroom and did everything right in the hallways. Um, and, and that that's what we kind of, you know, now you take if I get a uh, if I get a couple kids from a you know, we've been successful getting a couple kids from the Bay River District, and they they know a couple other kids in the Bay River District that that are good players and good kids, and they kind of want to build that, and they want them to come with them because, you know, kids kids know when they get somewhere, hey, I know who we're playing against. I know the talent that we need and the talent that we're going against. So, Coach, I've got these two or three kids I think can really help us. And, and again, when, when we're following the rules and, and saying that, you know, I'm not going to go out and contact kids before they contact me. That really helps because those kids, those kids, they can bring those kids into school for a tour. Uh, kids can come to open gyms um, and really get the feel for what we're about. And, and Titus, I told those guys when they finished and, you know, they went 15 and 15, him and Malachi Banks and AJ Baker, all three from that team went to the next level. And I told them they really are building the foundation for what we're, what we're going to accomplish in the next couple of years. Um, you know, they trusted the staff uh, and then they trusted each other to come and play. And, and, and that was big for us because that really, there's a, there's a big difference between going 12 and 19 and 15 and 15 and, and 15 and 15. I, I think, in fact, I think you were at one of the games up at Highland that we lost in double overtime. Maybe we were 0 and 5 that year in overtime games. So 15 and 15 could have easily been 20 and 10. Um, you know, and I'll, I'll forever be grateful to Titus and Malachi and AJ and that group for the work and the sacrifice that they put in. Which college and pro coaches do you get a lot of your sets and defensive principles from? So I'll be honest, we, I'm, I'm a thief just like everybody else. Don't let everybody else tell you any different. Everybody's a thief. Uh, offensively, uh, well, you asked about defense. Defensively right now, um, we take a look at a lot of things. Uh, Baylor, the way, the way Scott Drew sets up Baylor, we're kind of emulating that right now. Um, offensively, uh, our offense is kind of dictated on what uh, Brad Stevens did at Butler. But, of course, I'm going to tell you, I, I, I'm a big Dan D'Antoni guy too. Um, I love that staff at Marshall. I, li- I, I like to incorporate a little bit of what they do. Um a lot of dribble handoffs, uh, a lot of letting guys free play free off of ball screens. Um, we want to push the basketball, and 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 the main reason, coach, the kids like to play that way. I mean, you know, kids kids want to play up tempo, fast basketball. We've got some good athletes, and I, to me, that's how they play best. Um, when you let them get out and play, uh, you know, there's times when we need to slow it down and run our half court stuff. Um, and we can do that as well. Uh, I, you know, and I'll be honest, I take quick hitters from just about everybody. If I have a game on TV and I see something I like, 
I'll go back and watch that again and we'll just draw it up and see what it looks like when we do it. Um, you know, I've, I've been in games against other coaches. We got great coaches in our league and I will watch something that they do and maybe tweak it a little bit and add that to our arsenal. Um, there's a lot of responsibility on our point guards, uh, because we do kind of throw a lot at them, but, um, you know, I, I'm, I don't discriminate. I'll take from anybody if I think it's going to help us. All right, now, Coach, I think there's two kinds of coaches. And you talked about, you know, from coaches within your league. Will you ever just run the exact same play they run versus them just to screw with them? Well, I mean, I, I'll give you an example. Walsingham Academy has ran the flex offense probably since the day Coach Billy Barnes got there. And Billy Barnes – Fantastic coach. He's won coach of the year several times in TCIS. Um, and we we last year um, added a little bit of the flex offense to our stuff just to get the ball moving a little bit and force us to set some screens. And maybe we were, we were over dribbling some. And it is funny, you know, other teams will recognize it right away. But, you know, it's kind of the beauty of basketball. If you can execute your stuff, it doesn't matter if they know what it is. You still got to execute. I know uh, some guys I worked for used to love running the same quick hitters that teams would run. <laughs> you just see their coach, you kind of glance over and they'd be pissed. You, you know, like if, if with some uh, uh, baseline out of bounds, sideline out of bounds stuff, if, if I see that on tape and I say, man, we, we can run that, you know, we maybe we've got a kid that they don't have that I feel like would be great for that set and we can throw that in. You know, and I mean, you know, everybody does a version of what somebody else is doing. Um, you know, coaches are smart. They adapt. They make adjustments. And I'm assuming everybody and I know, I know we watch a ton of video. I'm assuming most everybody else in our league does as well. Um, you know, I, we, we just played in the fall series in Richmond last weekend. Our first game was against John Marshall, who who's a powerhouse, you know, uh, and we played really well. Uh, and I was watching watching their video and some of the screen and roll stuff they do with their, the spacing they get on the court um, kind of makes me want to tweak some of the stuff we do a little bit. Um, so, you know, everybody, I think, does it, um, especially, you know, everybody's trying to get that competitive advantage. Gotcha. You know, what, I want to ask you just another question. Why have we remained so friendly even after Titus graduated? You know, last year I'm out of coaching. With coaching being what it is, you know, it's it's uh, what what can you do for me type of business. And I think most coaches in the same situations wouldn't stay in touch or be friendly. So, so what do you think has been different between you and I? Well, I mean, I think I think number one, I, I try not to be a hey, what can you do for me guy. Like you know, I and that's that's me in my personal life too. Um, you know, I know when, when I met you and you were recruiting Titus, you, it was obvious that you genuinely cared um, for Titus Lawrence and, and you wanted the best for him right off the bat. So, yeah, I knew your intentions were genuine. It wasn't just trying to sell this kid, you know, to your current school at the time. Um, and you also, Coach, I mean, and, and, and not a lot of coaches are like this. You know, you took a look at a few other kids that you guys weren't recruiting and you sent out feelers to other coaches for me. And I'm grateful for that because, again, you know, there's there's good players everywhere, and sometimes they're just not seen. Um, you know, I think genuinely, I think, you know, you when you were out of the game last year, 
I don't think I talked to another coach that attended more games and practices than you did. Um, you know, always trying to like better, better your craft and build relationships uh, with an eye to the future. And I mean, that's, that's the kind of people that I, that I want um, with me when it comes down to it. I mean, and the, another example, I mean, I'm talking about you. I'm, I have a good relationship with Chris Rogers at Marymount. Chris has never taken one of my kids. Right. So he's rec- recruited a couple of them. It's whether he takes them or whether he gets them. But I think I, I trust Chris. Chris gives me good information. He's also passed along a couple kids to other schools for me, um, and and that's really what it, what it's about to me. If I if I see a kid on a team we play and I think he's a good fit somewhere, I'm going to pass him on to uh, uh, one of my contacts and hopes it works out. Yeah, that's no, uh, definitely like I said. Appreciate the friendship, and yeah, I was just I was kind of curious. I was like, you know, maybe listeners would be interested in that question yeah I mean I think you know I think sometimes it is what it is and a coach will recruit a player and and that's basically all it is and you don't maintain a relationship but I know we've talked about basketball and we've we've talked about stuff outside of basketball and that's you know it's I I just like to surround myself with good people and a coach you're a good person and 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 the people you've put me in contact with are good people so you know it's worked out for both of us I appreciate that, my friend. You know, I know you've listened to the podcast before. We've gotten to the segment, start, bench, cut. Start one, bench one, and cut one. Gotcha. Uh, Nike, Adidas, Under Armour. Oh, man, I'm I'm, I'm starting uh, Nike. We're a Nike school, Peninsula Catholic. We can bench Adidas, and I'm cutting Under Armour. Okay. Durant, Harden, Westbrook. I'm going to start Kevin Durant. I feel like he may be the best player in the league right now. Obviously, coming off injury, we'll see what he looks like. Um, I'm going to bench Russell Westbrook, and I'm going to cut James Harden, and I'll tell you why. Not because I don't think James Harden is a great basketball player. I can't stand over-dribbling, and I just watched James Harden dribble the air out of the ball. You know, Russ has kind of that same – some of that same stuff, but – you know, the isolation with Harden and the over-dribbling, I think when you get to games that you have to win, meaning playoff games, when the ball sticks, you're going to be in trouble. Coach, it, it, you don't like over-dribbling. I know you wanted to come watch our team play this year. You might want to hold off. <laughs> well. Unless our guards get it through their ears. <laughs> I don't, you might not want to. You know, I, I tell our guys, like, you know, we try and limit in practice when we're going through our our when we're when we're teaching our motion stuff. You know, we want to make seven or eight passes, and we limit each guy to three dribbles because I I cannot stand. I mean, in high school basketball, the other team is not going to play defense for longer than twelve to fifteen seconds. They're just not. So when all else fails, just move the ball. Just move the ball. Uh, Chick-fil-A, Cookout, Zaxby's. Oh, start Chick-fil-A. I, I be honest, I probably eat there twice a week. Um, what'd you say? Zaxby's and Cook. So we're going, we're going bench Cookout and cut Zaxby's only because, uh, I, there's a Cookout in Huntington. It's delicious. Uh, there's not really a Zaxby's close to where I live, so I do not get to have Zaxby's very often. Okay. Uh, Diddy, Dre, Jay-Z. Oh, well, I mean, 
if I could start Diddy and Jay Z, that's what we do. We'll we'll start we'll start Jay Z, bench Diddy, and cut Dre. Um, I'm a, you know, Jay Z was my original favorite back when I was in the tenth and eleventh grade, and I've always always liked Diddy through all the name changes. So I didn't know if I should start. I was gonna say it was it was Puff Daddy when I was in high school. So you know. Uh, last one, coaching changes, hoop dirt, Stan Van Gundy for Twitter followers. Oh, you said, so you got Van, Stan Van Gundy, hoop dirt, and coaching changes? Coaching So we'll yeah. start hoop dirt I, only because I seem, they seem to pop up on my feed the most. We're going to bench Van Gundy, uh, and we'll cut coaching changes. Van Gundy uh, is makes me laugh. He's, he's, he's got a good personality, and he generally has some pretty good basketball information. Um you know, and I actually, I, I like, I like, I may be in the minority, but I, I like uh, his brother on uh, the NBA telecast. So, I'm with you on that, Coach. Who are uh, who are three guests I should have on the podcast? Oh man, that's a hard question. You you uh, you've done a great job so far, from what I've seen. Um, you know, uh, have you? Have you ever considered having a player on the podcast? I have. Uh, you know, I, I would, I would, uh, I would maybe, um, you know, your former boss at at Catholic, uh, and he's now he's now an athletic director, correct? Yeah, Steve's uh, currently an athletic director. There, there's years of experience there, but I know you've got. I know you have to have. Well, I know you do. I know you have some favorite hoopers from the past that you've worked with and recruited. Um, I think it would be interesting to get a player's take on on some of some of the way that they think about things um, and what they kind of look for and what they enjoy about coaches. Um, you know, if if I, if I went back and said I'm a player now, I kind I want to play for a coach that is going to provide. You know, he's going to be intense. He's going to be fiery. He's going to be motivational. Um, and at the same time, I know he's going to work his butt off for me. Um, you know, I, I'm not a loud and boisterous guy. I kind of want uh, actions to speak louder than words. And I'm always interested sometimes on what 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 it is that players players that I don't have any contact. What what are what do they think about that? Gotcha. So that's that's two. Who's your third? Oh man! Well, I mean, I can pick anybody. I mean, this is this is. I mean, I figured there was a certain football coach that you wanted me to really uh, continue to try to get on. Well, you know, we'll we'll leave that out. We'll leave that out for leave that out for now. I would say if you could ever get, and and your listeners would would be thoroughly entertained, Dan Dan Tody. And if you need me to try to set that up, I can help you do that because he is. The most enjoyable person to listen to about any subject that you want to talk about. Any subject. I know one former manager that you would probably have a better inside track. I, I, I would love to talk to Dan D'Antoni. I don't know if he'd love to talk to me. Oh, man, I'm telling you what, you, you know, not this year because of COVID, but every year their practices are open. We, we go to team camp there every year. And he will literally sit down beside you and tell you anything you want to know. You want to know him because you got to remember Dan D'Antoni spent X number of years on his brother's bench 
when Mike was with Phoenix and, and New York and L.A. Um, so he's got great NBA stories as well as great college stories, and, and he's not afraid to share them. So. Awesome. Hey, last question for you. Um, what advice do you have for either players or you know, people who want to be a high school coach, whether they were a good basketball player, they weren't, and just want to get involved uh, and eventually be a head coach? At a high yeah, I don't, I don't think, um, and there's, there's plenty. I mean, I think – I think there's plenty of guys that you can point to. You don't have to be the most talented basketball player to be a, to be a really good coach. You know, I, I was not, I'm telling you now, I was not, not a great basketball player. But um, what I will say is surround yourself around the right people. Um, always ask questions. Uh, if you're interested in how, especially if you're coming out of high school or college and you're interested in getting in coaching, uh, one of the things I wish I would have done at Marshall, I had an opportunity to be a a manager uh, for the team, at, and the timing just wasn't right with my class load and things like that. I would I would I would advise anybody to to ask to see if there's a way that they can be a manager. I know we have a kid graduating this year from Peninsula Catholic that's going to Marshall next year to be uh, a manager with the team. Um, and other than that, I, w- I would watch as much basketball as you can. And, and really learn from it, um, all different types of basketball. You know, you, you like a Princeton offense, go watch something like that, um, and, then, and then, you know, watch, watch the, something completely different than that. Um, you know, I, the big thing for me is do the right things and surround yourself with the right people and always ask questions. Um, if you do that and you, you work hard, I mean, there's, you know, in this profession – um, especially at the high school level, you can volunteer your time and then you just work your way up. I mean, you know, that's, that's the, that's the great thing about the game. Um, you know, it really is a, it's not, not who, you know, it's who knows you. So put yourself around the right people, ask questions, network the crap out of yourself, uh, build those relationships. And I think that's, that's the best way to get it done. Coach, if listeners want to get in touch with you, social media, uh, email, what's the best way to do it, especially if they want uh, advice on creating an awesome man? <laughs> Absolutely. So, yeah, I'm on – I am on. Uh, I think I'm on everything as Coach Dorsey. I, I, you know, I don't even know my Twitter handle, um, but I bet if you type in Coach Dorsey or Trevor Dorsey, I bet it comes up. Um, uh, Instagram, I am Coach Dorsey. Hang on, I'm going to pull my Twitter up right now so I can – it's uh, T Dorsey. Yeah, T at T Dorsey underscore MU. I'm big on Twitter. Um, and then, you know, the easiest way it's easiest way to get a hold of me. My email is is Trevor Dorsey three at gmail dot com. Um, I think I'm in. I'm on Instagram. What am I on Instagram? Coach Dorsey. Oh. And Coach Dorsey twenty two on Instagram. So those are the those are the easiest ways. Or you can call Peninsula Catholic High School, get a hold of me. Um, any general questions? You know, we you got you want to come watch a practice? Come watch a practice. You want to come to a game? Come to a game. Um, we're pretty open. Coach, appreciate you coming on the podcast. I appreciate you and uh, look forward to great things in your future as well as uh, Peninsula Catholic.
Thanks for listening to the Beyond the Box Score podcast. Don't forget to subscribe, leave reviews, and rate five stars.